Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, before we get started, I just want to mention that we have the return of the What Culture Gaming quizzes over on YouTube this Friday at 3 p.m. UK time. And it's something we're going to be doing a hell of a lot more of across 2023. Please tune in, play along, and try and guess the video game themes yourself, and then let us know how you get on down in the comments below. If you're listening to this afterwards, the quiz will still be archived over on YouTube. So again, go and play along and have fun. We're thinking Friday should be quiz day. For now, on with the show. Josh Brown, I can actually talk this week, this oh. time. Sat all of that. We did the wind up on Monday, and I sat going through the recording afterwards, just editing out all the coughs. It was kind of crazy. Oh my god! This room was echoing like <laughs> mad. This room was bouncing. But I'm pleased to, to see you well, Scott. I really thank am. you. I, uh, yeah, we'll see if I can get through another sort of forty, whatever minute, fifty minute recording. However long this goes on for, without coughing like a maniac again. But hopefully, I'm cured. Hopefully, things are fine because the game awards yeah. will be on. It will certainly will. And I just want to say before yes. we start, if you do start coughing, I'll be putting you in a coffin. <laughs> it felt like I was in one on Monday. It felt <laughs> like I was a self-imposed cough coffin, um, which is my full name. But yeah, so the game awards um, are on tonight in the UK. They'll be like obviously out by the time some more people listen to this, but we thought it'd be fun to try and predict stuff. Um, if you're listening to this before the Game Awards, just see, you know, get join in the excitement. If you're listening to this afterwards, it'll just be hilarious to see what we get right. <laughs> we'll just we'll just see. There's a lot of rumors doing the rounds. So, um, yeah. And we're going to run down some various things. Um, I should say, I don't know if I did introductions. I don't think I did. I'm Scott Tilford. You're Josh Brown. Hello, Scott Tilford. Mr. James Douse is off sick, sadly. I don't know if he's got what I have. I've not seen him. I didn't breathe on him, but he, he is ill. But I feel like, you know, everyone's <clears> got... A bad cold right now. You I, know I always what I mean? feel like whenever you tell someone you're ill, like someone's parent steps in the room, slides in the frame, and says, "Well, you know, there's something going around. There's always going something around. going around." Yeah, there always is something going yeah. around. If it's not COVID, it's a cold or it's a bug <laughs> or something. It's just that time of year, isn't it? It's one of those. Uh, it is a bit. One of those seasons. I'm scared for our work Christmas party <laughs> because that's always a. Uh, what you call it? A petri dish. Yeah, of, a little um, bit. Some stuff going around. You got to be around all the uh, all the other people as well, going through all the pubs and stuff. But yes, game award stuff. And um, there's a lot of different rumors to break down. I think I have eight things to go through. Um, so we'll just tackle these. And I haven't um, grabbed all the specific quotes and stuff. We're just going to kind of skim off the top because it's more about the conversation, more about the talking point, um, especially if these things come true. And yes. all of this is going to be invalidated when they announce Stray Two, and oh, you God. just kind of like lose your mind, and then Stray we scrap harder. this podcast, and you just. 
just do a 50-minute rant of why that's a bad idea. It's uh, it's going to win something, anything. <laughs> it's going to be mentioned. I'm going to hate it. And I'm, a, I'm a cat person through and through, but oh my God, that game is barely a game. Um, anyway, um, in terms of rumor stuff, the first one we're going to talk about is Ed Boon and the idea of a Mortal Kombat announcement because it is Mortal Kombat's 30th anniversary, a little very much overlooked thing this year. A lot of people badgering Ed Boon over on Twitter just saying, what are you doing for the 30th anniversary? It's kind of been a long time. Um, you know, do you have a remaster of Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks, for example? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which he did tweet about. He asked, he did a poll. He was like, what do you guys want to see? And then, then people were like, Charlotte Monks or Combat Cart or whatever. And he was like, cool. And that was it. <laughs> and it was like, are you, are you doing a thing or what? Um, and so he's um, got out there and did a specific tweet saying, we have nothing to announce. There'll be nothing coming at the Game Awards. But he would say that, wouldn't he? He's done this many times in their 30th, uh, in their 30 year history. Um, and we do know from various other rumors in regards to Warner Brothers that um, NetherRealm are prioritizing the next Mortal Kombat over the next Injustice. So it's about time they showed something. It is but it's because it's about time, which is <laughs> the reason why I don't think they will. You know, they mm. are so overdue an announcement. They have been running like clockwork over the past few years, doing a Mortal Kombat, then doing an Injustice. Mm. And now suddenly it's up in the air because everything at WB, whether it's a game, whether it's a film, whether it's a TV show, <laughs> seems to be up in the air right now because that company is in the process. They do seem ludicrous. Of a massive restructuring, mm. and it's insane. I don't know if you saw the news this morning, Scott Telford, but uh, you know how James Gunn was just recently appointed, you know, the head of DC Films, yes. or at least the co-head. Um, the and Kevin we talked Feige. about this. Yeah, the Kevin Feige of DC, and we talked about this the other week on the podcast, saying how he wants, you know, games to be tie-ins to the DC movies and the wider extended mm. universe. Well, he's just come in, and apparently his plan is to cancel Wonder Woman uh, 3 and cancel the oh. Man of Steel 2 movie that's coming out and essentially get rid of all of the Snyder stuff. So the, my question is, how can such massive restructurings to the superhero brand and industries across the board within WB not trickle down and affect these studios? I wonder mm. if NetherRealm has nothing to announce because they have no idea what's going on <laughs> internally. And I don't know whether that's true, but it just... After all the rumors we've had over the past few years of Warner Brothers maybe sell selling off their game studios, mm. maybe not, maybe they will, maybe they'll restructure. We just don't know what's going on, and I have no idea what's happening with NetherRealm, and as such, I'm not expecting anything tomorrow of significance. I'm certainly not expecting Mortal Kombat 12, and I'm certainly not expecting Injustice uh, three, four. No, three. no, that's the thing. I was going to say, if there's one thing that they could do, it would be Mortal Kombat because that's not tied to. I mean, there is a Mortal Kombat movie, but it's like its own thing. Um, if you're another realm and you're just trying to make ends meet and you have shareholders to please, from from Warner Brothers' uh, point of view, then Warner, uh, Mortal Kombat is one of the only surefire things you can do because you're yeah. waiting for all the other pieces to land. Um, like what just happened with Warner Brothers Montreal, that was like ten years, almost, yeah, literally almost nine years of back and forth, whatever. After Arkham Origins, back and forth, different cancelled projects, and eventually the wonderful Gotham Knights. We finally got. <laughs> Uh, which only I liked, but still. Um, and I feel like I don't want that to obviously repeat, and assumedly they wouldn't either, but it feels like Mortal Kombat would be the thing or could be the thing that they just do. Um, but yeah, that feels like one of the most out there uh, potentials. I just can't believe they haven't done anything for the 30th anniversary. That's yeah. just an, such an obvious thing to get in on. 100%, man, but I do think it's because WB just seems to be like on fire even yeah. before this restructuring. Like NetherRealm was always the exception, mm. right? You know, all of the other studios within WB since 2015 mm -hmm. have been been all over the place. Like the Middle Earth series just fell off the map. Those God, developers yeah. 
we're eventually announced to be doing a Wonder Woman game, but we've not seen anything from that. True. Obviously, you know, all of the DC superhero games were rebooted or swapped studios like Suicide Squad and eventually Gotham Knights. And it was mm. only NetherRealm who managed to stick to that kind of clockwork production of Injustice, Mortal Kombat. And I guess for me, it's just like they had to... Um, I don't know, be affected at some point. Probably. I wonder whether it is now, but I do think you're right that if they do announce something, it will probably be Mortal Kombat rather than Injustice because of, like you said, you know, it's just an easier thing for them to do right now mm. to not have to worry about potential rights issues later on down the line if these gaming companies do get sold. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, Mortal Kombat 11 was so well received. The yeah. Aftermath DLC was so well received. They could <laughs> strike while the iron was hot with that, but whether they will be there or whether Ed Boon's telling the truth, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. I I'm not convinced. No, I think it'd be one of those things where they could just sort of like knock the lights out or have him present an award and be like, by the way, thanks everybody for 30 years worth of Mortal Kombat, and we've got more to announce soon, but this is a logo. This is something. This is maybe like it. Because the thing is, at the end of MK11, um, I guess spoilers for MK11 story um, in the most abstract way possible, but that entire universe is up for grabs. Like It's like Raiden transfers his powers to Liu Kang. Liu Kang can reshape the universe, and they don't know what's going happen going forward, which is their sort of meta way of just going like, let's just read the terrain superhero-wise or entertainment-wise and design a Mortal Kombat, yeah. whatever we want to do for the uh, for the future, and then wipe out whatever characters they don't want or bring people in or whatever. So they can do anything at this stage. They certainly could. And you know what? I've just had a thought mm. there. Um, obviously, thought. with Tekken 8 and Street Fighter 6 coming out next year. And they're both at the Game Awards. They're both at the Game Awards as well. <laughs> Why not have <laughs> Mortal Kombat as well yeah. and have all three big fighting franchises drop next year or right into 2024 like I know NetherRealm probably wouldn't be reacting to the competition in that way but it would be a good time for fighting fans to have three huge fighting franchises Why not? come out I've kind of convinced myself that it is happening now <laughs> but uh, I, just because I want to see that happen I will say um, for anyone who's listening to this before uh, the Game Awards go watch Katsuhiro Harada's tweet uh, announcing that he's going to be at the Game Awards it's just one of the best slow mo- look dude looks like Wesker yeah. um, slow motion putting the shades on getting ready for the awards uh, to announce stuff for Tekken uh, one of my favorite things that I've seen recently. Um, next thing down is Death Stranding 2. Now, I haven't written that much down for this, but I think you were um, looking up the news beforehand because it seems like David Arbor and Jodie Comer have been spotted in Game Awards circles. And we know that Hideo Kojima is a, it loves casting celebrities in stuff. Yes. And we're still waiting for two more people to be announced for Death Stranding. This is it. So it could be this. The big question, Scott Tilford. Go on. I'm, I think it's almost nailed on that Kojima will be at the Game Awards yes. to announce... Something. Honey, he was spotted at a bar last night. 100%. We know he's in LA probably smoking his invisible cigarettes that he does. I don't know if you've seen those pictures, but I love them. He's always with Norman Reedus having an invisible smoke break outside. Jeff Keighley face pressed against the glass watching him from afar. (laughs) Incredible it is. But yeah, the point I was trying to make before I just derailed myself. I can't even put a <laughs> sentence together today. It's Christmas. Is, it is, certainly is. I've had, we, we should get some mince pies for the office. We tried to get them this morning, but Greg's didn't have any in. Tomorrow. Greg. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll do it. What we are you will. doing, Mr. Greg? Mr. Greg. Please help me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the question is, Will it be Death Stranding 2, mm. or will it be this horror game called Overdose that leaked a few oh, yeah. months ago? Because when it came to Jodie Comer and David Harbour talking about their involvement in an upcoming game that's apparently going to release in 2023, mm-hmm. uh, they referred to it as a horror game. So people on subreddits, like the Gaming Leaks and Rumors subreddits, all kind mm-hmm. of like jumped to the conclusion of, well, maybe it's Kojima's horror game. Like you said, you mm-hmm. know, the man loves casting high-profile and recognizable actors in his games mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 
David Harbour is obviously massive. Jodie Comer is obviously massive. Both incredibly talented actors. If they're in a horror game, maybe it's Overdose. Or maybe they have just been scanned into Death Stranding 2. I am leaning mm. more towards a Death Stranding 2 announcement just because I want to see that more. And <laughs> the rumors were suggesting that that announcement was in, imminent and Kojima has been, you know, hyping up his next game on Twitter with the who, what, where, why. Um, There's teasers. loads of new symbols and stuff as well. Yep. And, um, and who was recently cast in one of his games? It was... Ellie Goulding's the... Uh, in no, the wasn't Ellie stuff. Goulding. Is Ellie Goulding? Was it uh, Dakota? No, Elle oh, Fanning. Elle Fanning. Yes, there you go. Elle Fanning. Who's Ellie so. Goulding? Ellie Goulding. Does that person even exist? She's the singer. Right, she's good. A, she's no, not her. Nah, she might be in there as well. She probably soon. will be. They might be able to have been scanned in. Well, yeah, everyone but, will be in but there. But still, but yeah. um, what's his face? Uh, Yoji Shinkawa, um, sort of like long-time Kojima artist, did do a tweet, or maybe it was Kojima's tweet um, earlier this year, showing a Death Stranding 2 submarine, or a Death Stranding submarine had the Bridges logo on the side of it. Um, so there was an assumption that we would get more Death Stranding that would have some sort of underwater submarine component thing. Yeah. Literally anything's on the table for that franchise. It could go to space. I mean, like, <laughs> I just, it was after you've done the record scratch and the Flying whales and Troy Baker. I just the amount that Troy Baker does in that game. Yeah. you could do anything. I suspect that at this Game Awards show, which I mm. won't watch by the way, because it doesn't air until two a.m. in the UK. I know. will be fast asleep. Mm-hmm. I think that the Game Awards is this big fancy show, and it likes to get a lot of attention on itself. Naturally, true as it as it should, and as it has the right to. And I think that celebrities really help that. Obviously, they've had mm. celebrity you know presenters in the past and whatnot. But if you get something like Death Stranding too. It's natural to assume that Kojima walks out onto the stage with Norman Reedus, and the two then True. announce it on stage together. There are rumors that you know the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion is going to be shown at the Game Awards as well, mm-hmm. and I would imagine if that's going to happen, you get Keanu Reeves to walk out on the stage, <laughs> and you try to mimic the E3 presentation, your oh, breathtaking, God. all that. You know, I'm just thinking of headlines. If I was booking the show, which yeah. thank the Lord I'm not, because it would <laughs> fall apart, and um, I would be wanting to. Get get those celebrities in to accompany those game announcements, which is why I'm thinking Death Stranding 2, which is why I'm thinking Cyberpunk and Keanu Reeves. They'd be fun. My mind goes to, I wonder how much money Keeley has to book this, because he said that he actually made the show shorter this year. It's still like two and a half hours long, um, but he said that he, it's a more trim show, but he's very happy with what they've got, and he has been tweeting out some of the guests, like Reggie fils got a uh, tweet saying that the ex-Nintendo CEO uh, present or whatever, um, so he's going to be there, so it's like someone as big as, as Keanu you would think he would advertise, but then at the same time you can get the, oh my god, it's Keanu thing. Exactly. Because I was thinking Keanu wouldn't want to be anywhere near Cyberpunk after everything that happened, but he is in this the expansion. 100%. So, yeah. I don't think, I mean, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. you know, I don't think the actors in video games necessarily care or no, even know if, if, if it <laughs> bombs in, you know, with the public, you know. I imagine Keanu is like, people love me at E3, people really like the character, yeah. one of the highlights of that game, and it was a good response when the DLC was announced to include Johnny Silverhand again, mm. so I don't think he'd be put off at all. I think he'd be like, "People love me." I love I'm the, go um, the idea of someone saying to him, "And what was your thoughts when it, when Cyberpunk bombs? Like, did it? Did it? <laughs> what do you mean? Did it? What? To me, it was brilliant." Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Kojima's always, nearly always at the Game Awards, even when he returned in like 2016 or whatever it was that was at the Game Awards. Um, so we'll see what happens. The next thing down is the Metal Gear Solid remake, which was broken by Spanish website. Um, are you? Are, I was going to attempt this, and as I look at it, I, I just apologize for getting it wrong. It's something like Aria Juhonis, um, but you can have a, bit, have a bit of Google for yourself. But yes, they broke the idea of a Metal Gear Solid remake, but 
This has been broken many times before. Um, it feels like it comes around nearly every year, yeah. um, especially since we've seen the rendering tech of the Fox engine remaking the likes of Metal Gear Solid 3 for the pachinko machines that Konami still put out there. Um, and that was a whole other rumor is that we're getting Metal Gear Solid 3 again, but it makes more sense to start with one. Um, but yeah, the idea that Metal Gear Solid is coming, coming around again, Konami said in October that they have they want to remake various games and revisit various properties. Obviously, Silent Hill got a whole uh, stream to itself, but that was one of the first times Konami did anything game forward um, in quite some time. So it kind of makes sense to do more Metal Gear. I or like to revive Metal Gear. It's one of the last big franchises to just not be touched on. I don't know if I trust any of it. No. Because um, it's just so, it's in such a weird place. Um, but what do you think of the whole thing? I am sure that is real. I'm mm. sure the project is happening in some form. We've heard about it too often for it to not <coughs> have some kind of validity. However, Mm. I wonder whether it would be announced at the Game Awards, and I'm not suggesting that Konami is this petty, but Mm. the Game Awards obviously very much sided with Kojima when that fallout happened. And you had Jeff Keighley on stage, you know, years ago saying that, you know, they would have loved Kojima to be in the in attendance to accept his award, but he even called out Konami for not letting uh, Kojima do that. So I wonder whether, you know... Konami as a company cares about that and wouldn't want <laughs> to show their new game at, even if it is a remake, at this show. Mm. They would rather do their own thing like they did with Silent Hill. Or whether, you know, that is not at all a factor because it's a big business and they've just kind of forgotten about that and maybe use this space to quote-unquote make amends. I don't mm. know. It has been like seven years yeah. like since Metal, since Metal Gear Solid 5. I don't know. I used to know the name of the dude who was in charge, the guy that it reportedly fell out with Kojima, uh, which led to all that stuff. I don't even know if that dude's still in charge or not, but it feels like overall Konami are in a different like different time for their company right now. Like they're trying game stuff again. They put the Castlevania collection out. Like, you know, they've got the whole, uh, the amount of Silent Hill projects that they're greenlighting. So it seems like they want to remind you that they do stuff again, um, which would be kind of cool. So maybe. I'll tell you what as well. Go on. Do you know who else needs to remind us that they're doing stuff? <laughs> Sony? I think I say Rocksteady, but go on. Well, Rocksteady yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. I would like to see something from Rocksteady. Are they but alive? Sony now... As I've mentioned before on this podcast, I think they've had a, a had a great year, but mm. they've they're now in a position where they've used up pretty much everything that they announced. They've mm. got all of the director's cuts of the PS4 games out. They've mm. got God of War out. They have Horizon out. They have Gran Turismo out. The only game that we know is coming next year, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. is Spider-Man 2. Yes. We know Wolverine is coming at some point. That probably, probably that's now 2025. Yeah, that yeah. probably won't be next year, just considering it's Insomniac. Just play as in Midnight Sun. So many just do it. different projects uh, ongoing. We know that there's a Last of Us multiplayer thing coming at sure. some point, but we don't know the roadmap in the same way that we knew the roadmap for the first few years mm-hmm. of um, the PS5's life. So I wonder whether they use the Game Awards to at least start setting that down with you know, Metal Gear Solid's remake mm. with something else that we're going to talk about uh, later on. I would like any PS5 games. Yeah. That would be nice. Just actual dedicated PS5 stuff because it's it's been nice um, playing uh, Marvel Midnight Suns and Need for Speed Unbound, games that are next-gen only. Uh, definitely for Need for Speed. I might yes. be wrong about Midnight Suns. But either way, Midnight Suns runs gorgeously on PS5. Um, but Need for Speed is definitely a, a next-gen only game. Um, and it's just nice finally having those games that just, just run well and look beautiful and just feel next-gen. Hey, you've got the Callisto Protocol that's next-gen. <laughs> so. It's not 
next-gen dodging system. Really. It's, uh, <laughs> they're getting there. Clister's so close, but they're still so far. Um, hopefully it gets past and things. Next one down is uh, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, as of this morning when we're recording this, the official Twitter account for Crash Bandicoot just tweeting. Um, sorry, it would have been from yesterday, I guess, in the US. Um, it, what's, it, what's everyone doing tomorrow night then? Um, which is funny because the Crash Bandicoot, in terms of Crash uh, leaks and stuff, there was a game called Crash Bandicoot Wumper League um, that was leaked, I don't know, like two, three years ago now. There was some key art for that um, that was leaked, and it was just this idea of like a Crash Bash style game, which would be brilliant. However, there was something else, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but the idea was that you would have, um, it would be an o- not like an open world game, but almost like Crash Team Racing story mode, where it's Crash Team Racing... Um, as a way to get from level to level. You're in the carts, and you can compete and stuff. And then when you get to those nodes, you fire into a Crash Bandicoot level. So I would love that so much. Like, uh, as a a new Crash game that's, like, you know, just... Like just hybridizing the two. Like if you had a Mario game that was like Mario Kart and Mario, like that would be unbelievable. And I love the idea of them doing that for Crash. It would, but go on. I'm gonna say no to this because Why? for as much as I've enjoyed that concept, and for as much as I like the idea of Wampa League as a thing, uh-huh. Crash Bandicoot. It's About Time was so good that I would mm. just love a direct follow-up to that. Just give me a straightforward that, yeah, continuation because that was such a great platformer. It got everything about the original Crash games and their mentality correct, in my opinion. It was so stupidly good. It was stupidly good. It had so much content. It was so Moorish. Oh. had that nice level of difficulty to it. had really imaginative levels and new mechanics mm. that they brought in. I just kind of, I'm a, I'm a sucker, and I just want more <laughs> of that. It's rare that I say don't change anything, just right. give me more. Mm-hmm. But with Crash Bandicoot, I would like one more, please. <laughs> I'd be curious, because, yeah, Crash 4, like, yeah, it's worth just saying, was unbelievably good. They nailed that thing. Oh, my God, I love that thing so much. Um, I, yeah, I like, played so much of that um, and finished it and everything. But, yeah, in terms of the art style, I'm curious what um, what a new version of Crash Team Racing would be like, now that they've learned all the lessons from the remake. And you sort of, like, maybe, like, put bits... Because you can do both. Like, you yeah. can still have all the levels, all the content from a, a Crash 4 follow-on with all the lessons learned from the Crash Nitro-powered, whatever it was, collection thing. Yes. Um, Nitro. Field, I think yeah. it's called uh, the remake of CTR that then went on to be this whole games as a service type thing that did really really well. Um, they've got they have so many lessons learned from all of that to sort of bring it together into this incredible new ground for like platformers and kart uh, racers. Yeah, they definitely could. I, I wonder who would develop it. I don't know mm. if there's been any rumors around. At the time, it was that. just an assumption of vicarious vicarious visions again. Right. See, that or would toys be for Bob. Amazing. Robert right. it might be toys for Bob. Who mm. knows? It'd be one of those. You know. Activision what if it's the Crash that, Spyro crossover? I, uh, I, don't, I don't need it. I don't need it in my I'm life. I'm curious about that. I liked Spyro being in Crash 4 as a big inflatable balloon. <laughs> I don't know if I need them to properly cross. You can race as him in CTR. I didn't I didn't realize how conservative I was when it came to Crash Bandicoot <laughs> until right now. Don't I, cross I just, the streams. No, I just want I just want Crash Bandicoot. I want classic mm. levels. And I don't want anything else. That's It's it's not. It's kind of off-brand. And I, I, a little bit. I'm kind of... Trying to come to terms with that fact I think it's on this because podcast, and I don't like it. They feel honest. because we grew up like knowing they were opposites, but then at the same time they always had shared DNA. Like there was always that Spyro demo inside Crash Three. They always yeah. had the there was a Crash demo inside one of the Spyro games as well. And um, they all seem to be shaking hands between back then Naughty Dog and Insomniac. And then it's like there was only ever those crossover Game Boy games where you yeah. could play as either of them or whatever it was. And I like the idea of just for the sake of it doing something with them together. But they don't feel that compatible as characters. No, like if they were running alongside each other, they wouldn't belong. Like no. it doesn't. Really Really work. That's so. it. You know, I, I like Spyro, but I but I love Crash. You know, oh, when the games were remastered, you know, I played the Crash trilogy to death, mm. loved it, and I jumped into the Spyro uh, trilogy 
it was a trilogy. Reignited right? trilogy. Yeah, yeah, reignited trilogy. Mm. And enjoyed it, but didn't finish it, didn't go yeah. for the platinum. It just kind of sparked a little bit of nostalgia, and I thought, that's me, don't Sparks, I? Sparks, good little pun. It's called yeah. the little mosquito Enjoy thing. That. Sparks, yeah, uh, yeah. But with Crash, I just think the, um, the gameplay of those games and Crash 4 was just a little bit more eternal. Feels mm. a little bit more like it stands the test of time compared to Spiral, which I enjoy and is fun, mm. but does not engage me in the same way. However, I will say, with 2000s fashion being in right now, <laughs> you talked about is it, potential. Is it back in? It's back in. Oh my God, I might spike my hair up again. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, your time has come. You, you, your time really I finally changed come. the hair and then it comes back again. <laughs> but with all that stuff coming back in, give Crash tribal tattoos again. You know why not? Oh, Go back to that. Go back to Crash of the Titans. I don't think we need that. Legs. I don't think I we need that. I almost got a tribal tattoo as my first tattoo back in day, and then I didn't, thankfully. <laughs> um, but oh my God, I forgot about tribal Crash. That tribal was a crash. Crash of the Titans and all that. I forgot about all that stuff. But yeah, so we know something Crash Bandicoot's going to be there, and uh, I guess we'll just see what that is. Um, next thing down is just Elden Ring full story DLC. Now, Elden Ring just got DLC, but it was more tournament based, Coliseum based, um, where you can do a series of different fights, whether it's one-on-one, two-on-two, uh, two or three-v-three, um, which is just this sort of random multiplayer mode that you can just have fun in. Um, the assumption always was that Elden Ring would get story-based DLC, though, and I saw Jason Trier out there from Bloomberg um, saying that he thinks it's intelligent getting the sort of arbitrary tournament DLC, the multiplayer DLC, out there as a nice little freebie, and then do some sort of paid DLC going forward, whether that's at the Game Awards or not, is uh, is the talking point. But what do you think of Elden Ring stuff at the I Game Awards? I hadn't thought about it because, like you said, you know, they announced the Coliseum DLC, mm. and I thought in my head, well, that's it for now. That's all all they will announce. Mm. And maybe we'll get a DLC announcement next year. However, like you said, you know, since I've heard you talk about it and since I've seen the stuff from Jason Schreier, I mm. think, yeah, maybe that is the way they're going to approach it, you know, announce and release the free multiplayer PvP stuff mm-hmm. and then at the Game Awards say, oh, and by the way, while you're enjoying that, yes. we've got a proper expansion coming, say, April 2023. Mm. I hope that happens and that mm. would absolutely own. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates 
fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And we need more games really in 2023. We need so just <laughs> slot them in. <laughs> just slot them in somewhere. Somewhere in a there. Free week here and there. I don't oh know. My God, it's uh, yeah. The amount of stuff that was it. That was a joke because 2023 is stupidly round right now. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, Elden Ring DLC has been talked about most of the year long, and that was such a big thing back in April, or well, most of the year really, um, for that game overall. But yeah, I, I like the idea of them doing it that way, where they sort of just get on stage. Maybe it's um, Hidetaka Miyazaki and just sort of says, "Look, this is the next part of the." Story but you can enjoy this right now. We've got more coming for you later um, and go from there. There was a really good interview with him uh, where there was like a soundbite where he said he didn't consider Elden Ring their biggest work or something. Yeah. And he was amazed that it's doing so well. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. I wonder it's, if this dominating is like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I, suppose, I suppose it does. Yeah. I don't think they will, but what if they just announce <clears throat> an entirely different game? You know, maybe Well, there is that other rumor, right? That it's already finished or well, something. Yeah, that's yeah. what they were saying. They were like, well, our next game is more or less ready to go. There are rumors that it might be the new Armored Core. There are rumors yeah. that it might be successful. Kiro 2, you know, who knows? Maybe they just don't announce DLC and say, but actually, our next game, we were working on that as well. Oh my god, maybe if, if what mm, what do you think people would think if that Elden Ring DLC we just got is the last thing for Elden Ring? Would you care that you don't get story DLC? I, I it depends. <laughs> if, if they had a new game that mm. they were already working on, I would say fair enough. Like, mm. I personally would love Elden Ring DLC, mm. but I'd, I don't need it. I enjoyed that game so much, Same, yeah. and it still continues to give to this day that I, if they said, you know, you know what, we're, we're focused on our next game, and then we're going to make Elden Ring two. Mm. And we didn't get DLC. I would be, I would be fine with that. Yeah, same. Uh, that's the thing. Like Elden Ring, it's like we each of us put over a hundred hours into it. It's like I could go back to that world, the lands between, lands, yeah, lands between, yeah. and have more fun there. But I'm also fine enough with them doing whatever they want to do next. I was very surprised that the Sekiro two rumors did the rounds because that felt like such a one off game. Like it's just such a you don't really make a character build in that necessarily, other than just picking different um, uh, options, the special attacks and stuff. So I was curious for them to go back into that mold. It felt like something they just wanted to try, yeah. and then they steered back into Elden Ring again. But um, one of the prevailing rumors for like an Elden Ring, maybe an Elden Ring 2 announcement was uh, Brandon Sanderson writing the next one instead of uh, George Martin. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So there is that. I mean, he is like the biggest name in fantasy writing right now. So it's like you could just get him on what for if, the next thing. What if? Yeah, I don't think they will. But what if they do just say, you know what? No DLC. Elden mm. Ring 2, baby. <laughs> it's an early pre-production. I mean, I don't even think people would mind. Think of how long it took between announcement or at least, you know, kind of the first rumors and mm. then the release of Elden Ring. It was a long time. It yeah. Yeah. well teased. That worked in their favor though. It became yeah. like the most hyped game that finally managed to actually like nail the hype on launch day. One of the only games that launched complete. Yeah. Um, like Need for Speed Unbound. But um, still, yeah, I'm curious. If they come out there and do a trifecta and just say, hey, the DLC came out yesterday or whatever this week, go enjoy that. We've got story DLC coming next year and we've got Elden Ring 2 in production by Brandon Sanderson. That's a, that's a dominative approach. It absolutely is. Would you want to see, though, another game? Because we, we were talking about Sekiro there, right? Mm. And I, I I also agree that it would be weird if they did Sekiro, just because that you know was published by Activision. It was mm. such a one-off. Mm. But I do think it's 
it's a mistake to leave that combat system at one and done. I love Sekiro, but I think there's a better version of that game. You know, when Bloodborne came out, I thought that was like one of the best games of all time. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a fully realization of that style and mm-hmm. that set of mechanics similar to Dark Souls I know what you mean, and the Dark yeah. Souls trilogy. Sekiro came out. And it's a great game, mm. but its I don't think it's the best version of itself. For me, mm. the back third falls down a little bit with repetition mm. and not great pacing and level design because you're going through a lot of older areas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the core is solid. Put that in and make it as good as as a whole as Bloodborne, as Dark Souls, as Elden Ring. Yeah, there's it's, one more in there. It's definitely like Dark Souls. Like you said, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and um, Elden Ring are all down a certain path. They're all very... Like, they all have the same core feel. Sekiro has a different, more acrobatic, over-the-top feel in terms of how you're approaching enemies and stuff, and you stay on the move a hell of a lot more. Maybe, yeah, maybe you add more stuff like wall kicks, and you can flip over dudes and do more, a lot more um, in that vein. That would be really cool. I Yeah, I think there's more to do in that regard, but I don't know how much they have to, like, nail down the build side of it, because um, they want to if they want to have a certain set of animations. I just, I'm overthinking what Sekiro is, but I'm thinking that that Sekiro's combat is such a specific, pristine thing. Um, but yeah, either way, just curious what they do. The fact that um, uh, Miyazaki was just out there saying, you know, we, we try not to take it to heart. We try not to get carried away with the, just how many accolades we're getting and we're just working on the next thing. That's kind of allowed them to have this insane turnover for the last 10 years. And they are easily one of the best studios in the world right now, just because they're not bowing to like studio trends or industry trends that are just doing their own thing. Um, next thing down, um, speaking of not wanting stuff, is the Uncharted reboot. Now, this comes from a website called The Leak, which I'd never heard of, but Insider Gaming, who is uh, headed up by Tom Henderson, um, who does all sorts of Battlefield leaks and very, uh, various video game leaks overall, um, said they couldn't corroborate it, but they did um, know that Sony are doing something with Uncharted overall. Um, the website called The Leak said that it's uh, an Uncharted reboot, um, and Insider Gaming mentioned that The Leak have been spot on with various leaks over the years. So it seems like this is the case. Whether this is something that happens at the Game Awards, I doubt, because it seems like it just leaked the the day, um, but we can do it as a talking point. Um, what do you think of the idea of, it wouldn't be by Naughty Dog either, it yeah. would be a different team. What do you think of, the, of Uncharted continuing from the beginning again? Yep, if this is the way that Uncharted needs to continue, this is the best way mm. to do it for my money. Mm. I don't want to see Naughty Dog do it again, not because I don't think they'll do a good job. Mm. I love the Uncharted games, but I don't want to see them spend another four to five years on another Uncharted game when they could be doing something new yep. or anything creating, new yeah, creating an original IP. You know, mm-hmm. they finished with Uncharted, Uncharted Four, and the Lost Legacy are great mm. finales to that story. So yeah, get another team in for my money and see what they can do with the brand. Maybe have some legacy characters return, or maybe just do an entirely mm. new reboot uh, with a, with a fresh face cast. I'm not entirely sure. Do you do it with Cassie? Do you do it with Drake's daughter? I would spin it off that way, yeah. I think there's too much value in legacy characters in video games, Mm. returning as side characters. You know, Mm. Gears, say what you want about, you know, the gameplay of Gears 4 and 5, but having Marcus Phoenix and the rest of Delta Squad return as kind of like gruff, older versions who've seen it all Mm. and who you don't play as this time around, for me, imbued them with a sense of pathos and Mm. humanity that they didn't have as playable characters. Mm. And I wonder whether you could do that in this universe with Drake with an older Sully with Sam and have <laughs> them there on the periphery uh, in the same way that you know the likes of Sully and Sam and Elena were in the first three games I would personally like that yeah I think it's a hard thing to do because if you don't nail your new character stuff very well like yeah. it was always that thing with JD Phoenix like at the end of Gears 
four when the old squad turn up, and I was like, why couldn't I just have been playing this, these dudes the whole time? Um, they have so much more banter. They are, they are so much more fun than um, JD and the rest of the squad. I don't even know what the rest of the characters are called for JD's squad, um, but obviously Kate in KS5, who's yeah. then way more solid, I don't, and she's like she's really she's way better as a main character. Um, but yeah, it depends how much they nail the new people to then bring in the legacy characters, because if, if they just bring in Nathan Drake or they remind you of what Uncharted used to be, then that's a really hard or tough card to play if you haven't nailed the new stuff. Um, I just don't want more Uncharted. Like, oh my <laughs> God, it's done. Let, let things be done. Uh, I feel like I just need to stand on like a cliff top and just scream, let things be done <laughs> until franchises are done. I just, I've got, I've got franchise fatigue at this point yeah. um, where I notice something, it fits into a certain box and it puts me off um, and I just, I'm just sick of it. So I, I, I don't, Uncharted always played well enough, but not incredible. I never, never like adored my time with an Uncharted. It always felt like I got shot from across the map or a set piece fell apart because I wasn't in the exact place I was supposed to be in or whatever it was and I always I've never like adored an Uncharted like I really I, I have obviously really liked a lot of them especially Uncharted 2 um, and Lost Legacy but I just I feel like that whole set piece it looked it looks like a movie but you're pushing the analog stick like that whole approach to gaming I feel like is a bygone era yeah um, and I want to do something completely different at this stage uh I, I, you know what fair you mm. know I totally get that you know I also am a champion of letting things just end and oh. be done but like I say to me this is the least offensive way to continue Uncharted mm. because you're not forcing it on Naughty Dog you're no. not forcing a continuation <clears throat> of a story that in my opinion wrapped up excellently totally it's, it's something and then they did Lost Legacy in which was I loved Lost Legacy yeah. so much but it was like this is the last time you can do this yeah <laughs> like, you can't keep going back to this it's true and I would like it if it does return from this new studio to be different mm. to to God of War it for lack of a better term to you know mm. maybe keep some of the core tenants some of the core characters some of the core locations uh, but completely revamp the gameplay maybe double down on the open world elements I don't know I, mm. I wouldn't want it to be and maybe this is sacrilegious, in the style of the Naughty Dog games, because right. then you are going to be comparing it to Naughty Dog's work, and you're going to be thinking, well, they might have done this cutscene better, they might have done this set piece better. Mm. You know, whoever comes in and does an Uncharted game, make it your own, you know, yeah. like, properly revamp it. Don't be afraid to try new things, because otherwise you're going to get into that kind of, like, death zone of mm. people going, it's not a Naughty Dog product. I know. I think it's, as long as they don't have, like, more climbing sections where every third handhold falls away and you fall down and climb up again. Um, I really like Golden Abyss, to be honest. That's Sony Bend, but I don't think they would give it to Sony Bend. I feel like they would give it to a new team to try something else. But that game was more differentiable because it was on the Vita, and you were, like, scrubbing away, like, um, you know, like, uh, paper rubbings or whatever in cave paintings by rubbing the Vita's back touchpad and things like that. So maybe you need to double down on the dual sense and stuff. I don't know what you do to like differentiate the feel of Uncharted, but yeah. whatever. Um, that's very unlikely to appear, but you never know. The next one down on Sony's side is uh, Horizon Forbidden West DLC Burning Shores, um, which is leaked early. Now, there's not many, very many details about this, but I feel like Horizon has just overlooked this entire year. Yeah, um, I didn't really rate it that much, and I adored Zero Dawn, but I didn't rate, rate Forbidden West that much. Um, but all the same, it feels like it should have its day in the sun, like properly. It should be showboated a lot more, because when it came out, it was buried under Elden Ring, and then when we talk about best PlayStation games of the year, it's just easily God of War and Aloy slash Horizon just never gets a look in whatsoever. No, and it's it's weird, right? Because I did rate Horizon Forbidden West, mm. but for as much as I'm excited that a DLC is coming, mm. it's up in the air whether I'll actually play it. Mm. There's something about the expansions to Sony first-party games that just don't feel, like, essential. And right. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just a me thing, but I didn't, you know, play the Ghost Frozen Wilds uh, or whatever it was called, mm -hmm. and I didn't play Ghost of Tsushima. Tsushima is really good. This is it, right? I'm sure it is. And it's, it's been downloaded on my system <laughs> for months, but I just, I can't justify 
getting to it because, like I say, it doesn't feel necessarily essential or something that's going to be like mm. a must-play title in the same way that the main games were. And to me, that's why I always respected God of War because while I probably would have played DLC for that, I like that they said, look, we could release DLC or mm. we could just get cracking on the next game. And mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm happy it exists, but it's it's not going to get me exciting or more excited about Horizon. The thing is, like I, like I said, I adore the Horizon IP and I love Zero Dawn, but it's um, the, the Frozen Wilds DLC was was like the beginning of what for, well, was my biggest that was the beginning of my biggest negative that be, uh, manifested in Forbidden West which was just it's just more of what you've already done yeah. and, for, and uh, Frozen Wilds the expansion for Zero Dawn was just here's a little bit tagged on to the map and so you can go up there It's and obviously the visuals change it's way, it is like a frozen um, landscape but you are just doing more of the same stuff um, and then that was like my overall feeling for Forbidden West so I kind of wonder what you can do story wise um, because it depends when it's set I guess um, and then it's like do you just do like another sort of random clan or a random bunch of characters you go and talk to them for a little bit it's like a couple of hours expansion um and you take out a bunch of new machines or whatever it is like there's only so many things you can do in that it feels like there's only so many things you can do in that um space i would love them to do something with um is it the Sunwing? the name of the um the flying thing you get yes. at the very end uh-huh. one of the stupidest ideas ever giving you giving you a, a new traversal option in the end game like we're done it's done <laughs> you've just spent like 40 hours finishing the thing um i would like them to do something that doubles down on that maybe you're racing other ones or chasing them i don't know Ooh. doing something that capitalizes on the aerial side of it because it's a whole wing of that game literally wing that you never see because it's like you take to the skies for no reason at yeah. the end of that game no i'm with you like uh i want to mm. if if they do announce this and they have something cooking i would like to see new mechanics like that fleshed out you mm. know new ideas because for as much as i rated horizon forbidden west i'm with you it was more horizon yeah. and i've just had more horizon and don't currently need more horizon if that makes sense if nothing fundamental has changed mm-hmm. there might be some people who just want that and will eat it up and that's absolutely amazing mm-hmm. but for me i've had my fill in this extra course right now i'm there's not enough new ingredients that i can imagine i'll tell you what i've noticed um all year long is that anyone who does any post uh, on twitter on social media whatever about horizon it's never ever about the gameplay it's always look how gorgeous this is look how right. beautiful this sunset is look just look at the visuals and look how incredible the detail the flora and the fauna is which i totally agree it's a stunning game i would love anyone to do anything that celebrates the gameplay in horizon just show me one cool new mechanic show me one cool idea that they had yeah anything at all and um, the nearest to that is the sunwing flight stuff and um, because you can just leap off a cliff and call it and it catches you and you fly away um, but I've, I've just noticed that I started noticing it around the review period where everyone was screaming about how gorgeous it looks and I've just not seen a single person champion it as a video game right I just, like, I just would love to see that I'd love them to have some new mechanic in the DLC anything at all would be I, really cool. I agree I would like new stuff mm. but I will say it's that the gameplay loop of Horizon Forbidden West did own mm. like I, I was invested in that it might not do anything new but it did what it did in my opinion really well from a gameplay perspective and i was in that world you know wanting to do the next mission mm-hmm. go take down this uh mech over here and, and whatnot so it is solid I, just, I think of like you know the jump from um not necessarily a jump because it's more of an expansion turned release but from spidey 2018 to miles morales and it was like in miles morales it was like well, we'll give you all these l1 powers so you hold the button you do these lightning powers they can factor into the combos um, and they have like different abilities like you can send a guy flying across the room and you can aim 
aim at specific stuff. That little addition, that little wrinkle to combat was like, like added a lot to the overall feel of combat. Whereas like Horizon, it was like, well, you can trigger these like special boost modes, but they're pretty naff. Like one of them, it lets you like nail a few headshots, but the other one just makes you invisible, which is like, what am I even going to do with that? Right. Other than walk around a guy. I just want to do, I want something like that. I want them to sort of, you know, add wrinkles to combat where it's like, this changes everything in a really cool way. Um, or do story stuff. Ghost of Tsushima's expansion is brilliant. Like it's all about Jin's dad. Um, mm. And I feel like that's, an, like that's one of the rare DLCs where it adds like a fundamental character element that like it reinforces the rest of the story. Kind of like Left Behind did for Last of Us. Right. Where it's like, okay, this makes me carry this character uh, with a different amount of weight uh, now that I know that he has this going on in his head. Um, and I think that's really, really cool. Last thing down is that Daniel Craig's been spotted. <laughs> James Bond himself. Um, and there's so many rumors doing the rounds that at the Game Awards, there'll be um, Project 007 is what it's being referred to, but it's just this general idea of GoldenEye's releases happening on the day. Where do you get Daniel Craig out? Um, and he just says, you know, the, the remake of GoldenEye that's been talked about a lot is finally coming out. Some of this stuff we know is coming. There are official trailers out there, but it's so weird. It's so weirdly handled because you have the original 1997 GoldenEye, the N64 one. Um, which is what's being re-released. That's what's been officially mentioned. Um, it's only got multiplayer, online multiplayer on Switch. It doesn't have it on Xbox, which is ridiculous. Um, for whatever reason, I guess Nintendo had some conversation in there because it originated on N64. And then you get the upscaled version of the 1997 one on um, Xbox going forward, and assumedly PlayStation as well. But if, if Daniel Craig's doing stuff, yeah. there is that other weird remake of GoldenEye from like 2009 or whatever yeah. that has his face in it. That's like the Daniel Craig's Bond version of GoldenEye. Which has only ever been on the Wii, so I don't know whether he's coming out to announce that that's also happening, or I don't even know. The Daniel Craig thing is weird, right? Because <clears throat> Daniel Craig's relationship with Bond, obviously, he loves the character; he's played it for so many years. Mm. But to me, he kind of he reminds me of Harrison Ford in Star Wars, where <laughs> once that's done, like I couldn't imagine even if he was in it, Harrison Ford coming out and promoting anything Star Wars related that no. wasn't tied directly to a movie, and because. Daniel Craig's time as Bond is done. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... In my head, it doesn't compute that he would come out and then promote another Bond thing. It, to me, it feels like that time in his life is over. Mm -hmm. He's on to, you know, the Knives Out series, for instance. True. Like, yeah, maybe they will... Get, they, I mean, obviously, he's been spotted, so maybe they have wrangled him somehow. But in my head, there's something about that that doesn't commute. If it mm -hmm. was around the time of No Time to Die was releasing... Mm -hmm. uh, then yeah, I could maybe see it, but this far removed with his time as Bond done, even if it is a remaster of an old game or tied to IO Interactive's mm. thing. I, 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 that, yeah. Yeah. I will quote him. He said he would rather slash his wrists than play Bond again. There you go. So, uh, and then he did <laughs> play Bond again. <laughs> so, you know. But he did die eventually. I guess he was like, I'll come back one more time, but you are killing me in this movie. The Harrison um, Ford thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Ford paradox. But even he comes back and does stuff over and over again, doing True. geriatric Jones or whatever it is. But um, yeah, the the whole GoldenEye thing, um, I it's one of those things where I just, no one other than, even the generation above us cares no. about GoldenEye being available. Like I like the idea of it being available as a relic in history yeah. like it is a, a massive part of first person shooters on consoles but no one no Dude. one really cares about it i mean even halo can't make it work like yeah. GoldenEye's not gonna do it look i love you and i love <laughs> that you have some fondness for this game i, I it's the mario it's very little for me though right okay yeah. it's the mario movie to me right like, that drops it you drop a trailer for GoldenEye. i don't watch it you know what i mean i just don't like it's not it was 
before my time. Right. I don't have the nostalgia for it, and I have no desire to play it now. Mm. The GoldenEye um, menu music has aged better than the game has. Right. Um, that gold, that main music absolutely slaps. Let me just tell yeah. you that that GoldenEye music is incredible. <laughs> um, on the game, it's like synthy as hell. It's great. Um, hey, but yeah, if you're talking about generational kind of differences, if it was a Nightfire remake or I remaster, that. hell yeah. Um, we should have had a video that went live. It should have gone live now about um, video game accessories that everyone owned until they didn't. And I, because I remembered multi taps, and I was remembering multi taps that was everywhere. And you may have had a multi tap. One of your friends had a multi tap. So get them along so we can have full player stuff. Um, four player PlayStation Two multi tap sessions on Agent Under Fire and then Nightfire. Um, is such a moment in yeah. human history. That was a brilliant time. That's um, it for me, man. Like yeah. that's when I think about James Bond games. I think about. If you talk about multiplayer, mm. I think about Nightfire. I totally. don't think about Goldeneye. No, I do too. The thing is, like, it's, it's worth pointing out that for me, I didn't get my, I didn't have it in '64 when I was a kid. I was, a, I was the only Nintendo thing I had was a Game Boy, so I didn't actually get. I played Goldeneye at a friend's house, but I that's my same thing. My actual first experience of like multiplayer Bond stuff was Agent Under Fire and then Nightfire. Um, because I didn't actually get a copy of Goldeneye myself until like two years ago. So um, I don't have the childhood nostalgia for it. I like it as a relic, and I like it as something that a lot of people play. Yeah. And I have that like weird peripheral knowledge of it because friends around me were playing it, but I don't have the actual connection to it. When I think of Goldeneye, I think of the first level of Time Splitters 2. Yes, you know I mean? well, because they redid it. It's well, the damn level again. Well, same, I, same, same, same. And it's like, oh, maybe I just, when I think of Goldeneye, people talk about it. Mm. Am I thinking of Time Splitters 2? <laughs> Do I just want to play Time Splitters 2? And I think the answer is yes. Well, the thing is, they finally got around to putting Time Splitters 2 on Xbox. It's yeah. all upscaled and everything. It's beautiful. Um, weirdest aiming mode of all time. It always yeah. felt weird at the time, and then there still is. But yeah, that whole idea of, you know, Free Radical, I guess it was rare at the time, then became Free Radical. Their overall position in, like, FPS history um, should be talked about more, because, like, they they were instrumental to so many things getting off the ground. Um, and it's, I mean, Goldeneye will be fun. It'll be a fun thing. It'll be kind of like when they put Quake back out, back out on the Switch or Doom or something. It's like, that's nice. Yeah. It's nice to have. It's nice but, to have. You know, yeah. That, that, that's it, right? I might not be personally excited for it, but mm. GoldenEye is one of those seminal games, and in my opinion, all of these games should be readily accessible for people to experience mm. and appreciate. So yeah, while I might not be excited for it, it is long overdue being available in mm. some kind of modern form. I wonder if they make it so you can look up and down. Because you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do that in the original Golden Eye, as far as I know. Um, but we'll see. But yeah, so the Game Awards um, are on tonight, but they're on like one in the morning for us. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what we got right. Uh, we'll see if any of this is correct at all. Um, and we'll do some sort of... Uh, we might do a video on it tomorrow morning, depending on what gets announced. If it's really flat and there's nothing there, and Stray wins Game of the Year, I'm not even coming in. So we'll see what happens. Bye. But uh, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Didn't do the standard intro, but I will do it next week. But we'll catch you then. See ya. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.